the Spartan Mind Strength Podcast, the podcast for mental grit and resilience. Hosted by V. Binga and Tim Ganley. Hello, this is Tim. And this is V. And we welcome you to another episode of the Spartan Mind Strength Podcast. And this is going to be episode two in the series on yin yoga and restorative yoga. What it is and what it isn't. Stay tuned. And we're back. This is episode two of the series on yin yoga and restorative yoga. The first one, we went a little bit into the history of how yin yoga was came about, and we started talking a little bit about how hot yoga, or hot yin came about, and how we had created it, but we created it using the concept of not just Paul Greeley's yin yoga, but also on... Uh, John Barnes, the father of myofascial release. So when people started using the term uh, hot yin, they just did their own thing. And so a lot of people were going to hot yin in other towns, other areas, but it wasn't the same as our hot yin because we actually did science and we created the series based on those two and actually even another person, which we'll get into later. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, it was more about myofascial. Yes, exactly. Like self-myofascial release. Yep. So you started geeking out at the end of the episode one Mm -hmm. on the fourth phase of water. Yes. But before we go into that, this series has been brought to you by Yoga Energy, the Power Yin class. Yes. And to find it, you go on yogaenergy.com Click on services and click on online education. And there we have actually two. There's a yes. uh, Power Yin 20 hour and yeah. Advanced Power Yin, which includes the 20 hour yes. plus gives you 30 hours more. It goes into Yin poses, background history, uh, yang. and Yang poses. Yes, and the fascia reboot and all that. And that all can be done in a not heated room. So this isn't about hot yin. This is about power yin. Yes. But now well, let's go back into what is the fourth phase? Uh, the fourth phase of water is the easiest way to explain it is uh, it's not any of the three phases that we are familiar with. It's not the liquid. It's not the solid, the ice, and it's not the steam, the vapor. And... Uh, the the key is to maintain the health of our fascia uh, as the fourth phase of water in our body. There is more and more science that says that most of our body consists of that fourth phase of water, like our fascia, our connective tissue. And when that's not healthy, it is stuck it it's too dense and it contains a lot of pressure that needs to be released pretty much when we feel a lot of pressure on on a certain part of our body that is very likely due to the condition of our fascia 
because our fascia can withstand tremendous amount of pressure and a lot of times we don't even know it. Yeah, I know that this was uh, very interesting when we used to teach the power yin courses yes. was uh, that it can withstand, what, 2,000? 2,000 uh, PSI, which means 2,000 pounds per square inch. And that's without you even knowing it. Exactly. And a, if you're familiar with stand-up paddle boards, mm -hmm. uh, those are only 15 to 18 PSI. When they are fully inflated. Yep. So, so 2,000 is such a huge amount of pressure that you don't even know exists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and, the, and the way to... And you, you pretty much have to do a phase transition. That's the scientific term. In order to start releasing that pressure that's in there and bring that healthy phase of water back you have to do a phase transition and, and what does that mean and it means to change it from one form to another and uh, the easiest way to do that is by applying pressure over time and the phase once the phase transition happens then there is what's called resonance then the different cells of your body start vibrating in the same wavelength, say resonance. Okay. And then you start feeling that release. Okay, so in a lot of the yin out there now, uh, they're doing like a, a brand new person goes to a yin class and they're mm -hmm. doing five minute holds of yin. Is that is that safe? Is that how yin was designed? No, that and that that can be way too intense. Actually, ideally, in a group setting, you don't want to do more than two minutes because when that pressure over time becomes too much, it can cause harm. Everyone's body is different, and this is this is intense work. Uh, this myofascial release is intense work and it can hurt. Actually, John Barnes was uh, talking a lot uh, in his classes how the, the proper amount of pressure and the proper amount of time are extremely critical. You don't want to do too little of a time. You don't want to do too much of a time. You don't want to do too little of pressure you don't want to do too much of pressure. Okay, and I know that you always would say that uh, when you started a yin pose, you didn't want to look in the same position as you ended your yes, yin pose. Yes, exactly, exactly. That is something that's uh, extremely important. When you start uh, holding uh, your yin pose in the class, uh, your uh, fascia is a lot more rigid uh, and as you are holding the pose and as that phase transition starts happening and that release starts happening your fascia is becoming more pliable so you are able to go deeper into that pose you are able to apply more pressure to that part which means you are going deeper Okay. Because the pressure is applied through the pose. And there's a term you always would say while you're teaching it. 
Moderate. Moderate to intense discomfort. That's what it's about. If you are not feeling the moderate to intense discomfort on your muscles, it means that you are not applying enough pressure in order to get into your fascia. Not on the bones, not on the joint itself, on the surrounding muscles. And that's different than uh, the restorative because in restorative, you don't want to feel any Absolutely anything. If you are feeling discomfort in the restorative, that's not good. You're not in the pose. No, you are not. You are not in the pose. Your muscles have to be fully, fully relaxed in restorative. That's why you're using the props to help your muscles relax. Excellent. Now you just use the term props. Yes. So I'd like to get into props. Uh, restorative uses props like crazy. Yes. You know, it, it costs a fortune yeah. to uh, open up a uh, restorative yoga studio because you got to buy chairs, uh, straps, blocks, uh, cushions, uh, what were those, wedges. Uh, you had to have constantly bolsters. bolsters. And all of them were expensive. Mm -hmm. And for restorative, you need them. Yep. And we taught restorative daily. Uh, however, it was in private setting, and we'll get into that in a little while when we start going more into restorative. But we did teach it daily. Uh, but uh, yin, do you use props? Do you use bolsters? Do you use a chair? Do you use straps? Tell me why... What's the difference? So the the only type of props that you might use in a yin class uh, are blocks, and uh, uh, whether you are gonna it depends it depends if it's hot all that stuff. But anyway, the only props you should ever consider using in a yin class are blocks in order in order to you to make, use your uh, upper body to make your lower body more uncomfortable. Pretty much is you use the blocks to cause more moderate to intense discomfort to your target area. So if you're not feeling moderate to dis intense discomfort, you might want to grab a set of blocks to, to create that. Exactly. But if you're already feeling it, you don't really need to grab a set of blocks. Exactly. So depending on the person's body or how often they practiced, uh, they might not feel it and they need to go a little bit more in depth. Yes. Uh, also, they might have just started a class brand new, yep. but because their hips are open more or something, they might need blocks to increase that discomfort. Yep. Where in restorative, they might be using blocks to stop the discomfort. Yes, the key is no discomfort uh, during a restorative pose. Do whatever you can to eliminate every type of discomfort. And that's in restorative. And that's in restorative, exactly. So we'll be right back to talk more, more about yin. Stay tuned. Do you like what you hear? The Spartan Mind Strength Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and all other popular podcast destinations. Please subscribe today and consider leaving us a rating and review. It helps us spread the word and help others find our content. Don't forget to leave a comment and any questions you may have. Tim and V would love to hear from you.
and we're back and we're still talking about yin. Uh, and uh, at the end of the last one, we were starting to bring up the hot and why heat is so important to uh, yin yoga. You have to have the heat in your body. Now, with that, there's actually, because we, we were bringing up the fascia, you want to heat up the fascia in order to... The muscles and the and then you heat up the muscles and then you go through the yin poses to uh, cause the phase transition to your fascia. Okay, and there's actually a, a institute or a, a something that meets every so many years. Yes, the uh, Fascia Research Institute. I believe they meet every three years. Okay, because fascia is extremely important. They're finding more and more out about yes. that. And... Uh, so the institute talks about it, and when, when did they start bringing up heat? Uh, it was in, uh, I believe, 2013, uh, with uh, Gerald Pollack's research on the, first, on the fourth phase of water. Yep. And actually a, a, a gentleman that uh, said that hot yoga or hot yin wasn't good sort of made a different yes. statement after that. Exactly. Can you uh, at least give the statement? <laughs> uh, he, he said uh, something along the lines that, after all, uh, heat may not be a bad thing uh, during uh, yin yoga. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and his name was? Uh, Bernie Clark. Okay. <laughs> so, so people started seeing that it could be better. Yeah. And we already know that uh, through a lot, yes. a lot of students. Evidence-based. <laughs> that... Uh, people are feeling great yes so we were getting a lot of athletes coming into our yin yeah people who value their time <laughs> yes and that's something else yes. that yin yoga gives you that restorative i don't want to say doesn't give you but yin yoga you get a lot done in a short period of time if it's done properly exactly and so you're looking at getting a lot done for the body versus restorative because you have to hold it and restorative they it, the restorative you're holding the pose and you want to be in in a such a comfortable position because what is this happening because you want to teach actually you want your uh, to use it uh to uh, strengthen your parasympathetic nervous system you want to fully 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 relax your muscles in order to Train your body that it can relax and get into that parasympathetic mode. You, you can't get in the parasympathetic mode if your muscles are not fully relaxed. That's what we try to do during seated meditation, right? Mm -hmm. We try to relax, but then still every part of our body is still somewhat tense. And especially our eyes, our eyeballs and all mm -hmm. that stuff. We'll get into that at a different time. So by lying on the floor and having all those props supporting you, you are actually giving a lot more, a lot bigger chance to your parasympathetic nervous system to uh, strengthen. So now I want to go into a little bit about uh, restorative. Mm -hmm. Because restorative basically came from my anger. Yes. Uh, using props, holding for a period of time in order to do what you just said. Uh, so you would do it in order to heal the body. Yeah. And in today's world here in the West, 
we're doing a restorative class with 20 people in it maybe. And that's really not helping anyone because it takes time to set up a student in the poses properly so that they can get the benefits. So, and we had said earlier that we did teach restorative daily. We taught it to private clients and we taught it to a lot of private clients. We would use restorative for almost 90% of our private clients. And we had a lot of private clients. So, and the other concept was that uh, restorative is great for one-on-one, but it wasn't, at least our thoughts are, it's not that good for a group setting because you're you're really not helping people. Exactly, it takes time to set up, to use all the props properly. And if they are not used properly, then if that quarter inch that Judith Lasseter talks about, if that quarter inch is not set up for you to feel like you are in heaven, then you are in hell. And all you are doing is hurting your body and aggravating the crap out of your sympathetic nervous system. So you walk out actually worse. Exactly. Now, I want to get into a little bit of something that I consider extremely disgusting. And uh, that's using... props in in a hot class Mm -hmm. for uh almost like in when i say hot it can be even be 80s where you're getting the person to sweat Mm -hmm. and you're putting them on a blanket that hasn't been washed Mm -hmm. because you know that all those teachers aren't taking uh 20 blankets 30 blankets to wash them every time before the next student uses them Mm -hmm. you're using blocks you might wipe them down but the blocks are soaking that Mm -hmm. sweat in the uh, the uh, wedges, those are made out of the same thing that the blocks are. The so eye pillows. That the they... <laughs> eye pillows that they're putting on people's faces. So they're getting these. They're getting people to sweat, mm-hmm. and then they're putting all this stuff on them that the student before used. Mm-hmm. So I, I sort of find that a little disgusting of studios doing that, mm-hmm. and they they need to start cleaning up because it's going to pass something on. Yep. Now, for us, we had, because we had, what, about 20 blankets? Mm-hmm. You're welcome, Jane. Uh, <laughs> we had a whole bunch of blocks. We had a whole bunch of straps. Mm-hmm. And we did it with private clients. And then we washed them. Mm-hmm. Because we had so many of them, we could clean it before we put the next set of clients on it because we could use another set. We're in a group training. In blocks, they had to have their own. Yeah, in blocks, especially for our uh, our in our group yin classes, if you wanted to use a block, you had to bring your own. Yep. We didn't supply them because you were sweaty, and that's just disgusting. Mm-hmm. So we made them bring their own blocks. Now, they could keep them in the studio. They had their own and write their names on yep. them, and they could keep them there so they didn't have to bring them, but they still had to use their own blocks, and they had to clean their own blocks. Yep. So... So that's another difference between restorative is a lot more props and a lot dirtier props if you're in a group setting. And yin is no props or their own props if they're in a yin setting. So restorative, lots of props, smelly. Yin, no props, not smelly. So it's a lot easier, a lot cleaner, and actually a lot cheaper for a studio to do a yin training versus a restorative training absolutely absolutely restorative you you can also think of it as uh, you have to create the space and hold the space for that particular 
person. Because to, a lower back issue from one person might need a whole different system than the other person that has the same lower back, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. So in, even, it's, and we said it takes time to set up the props for each person. And also it's not a standard way that you are setting up the props. You're, you can't say, I'm gonna have this many bolsters uh, per person, this many blankets per person, this many blocks per person. The one person from the other is very different. Mm -hmm. So there is no way to do justice. And there's a lot of great restorative poses, a lot of yeah. great restorative poses out there. But how do you know And with 20 people are in class or even if five people are in class? Let's say it's a terrible studio. They only bring in five mm -hmm. people. Uh, so only five people in class. How do you know how to set up? What, which poses are you going to do? And if you decide before teaching the class, okay, I'm going to do these two poses with them because that's all they have the time for, uh, it doesn't hurt one of the five because that body, their body doesn't need that pose. Exactly. So whereas in yin is you have the archetype of the pose, you describe, you verbalize the archetype of the pose, and then they, by them paying they don't have, they, they shouldn't be relaxed. And right? nobody should look the same. <laughs> and no, no one in the class. We had 30 people in class. Exactly. And you look at them and none of them. I, I actually even asked you for one class. I said, were you doing different poses? Because <laughs> yeah. there was like six people that were in completely different look than the other people. Yeah. No. So nobody should be relaxed. So everybody should be listening to the cues, putting themselves into that position and then monitoring their discomfort and they know that if they are not in pain they are not doing it right so it's actually a proactive pose instead of a reactive because uh yin is more they it's, have to they have to take control of their body exactly where restorative is you're giving the everything to the teacher almost exactly you have to release and let go and just uh, yeah, give the power to the teacher, like to or to the like you give the power to the massage therapist, right? You trust the massage therapist that's gonna do the you know right mm. thing for you. So, but in that, the massage therapist is trained. Exactly, and that's there's it. so many people yes. in uh, uh, restorative that aren't trained. Yes. They didn't even read a book. They just yeah. watched. They took a couple classes and not even teacher training classes. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're starting to teach restorative. Because it sounds cool. Yep. And they name whatever pose they want to name restorative because yep. there's no... Uh, uh, it's not trademarked. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, so there's no regulation. Yeah. And then also the same with yin. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no regulation. There so isn't. there's nothing that says this is a yin pose or that's a yin pose which I want to get into really quick before we say bye-bye, is uh, there's two girdles in yin. So if you're going to be training in yin, you should be... You should be doing poses for your pelvic girdle and for your shoulder girdle. Uh, most of the uh, yin uh, teachers, so-called teachers, uh, focus on the pelvic girdle, on the hips, and they forget the shoulder girdle, the girdle of the upper body. You you can't 
in, in today's world, especially due to our uh, lifestyle, the shoulder girdle is even more important than it used to be. With computers. Yeah, computers, yeah. driving, uh, you know, everything. The whole thing of the texting and just, yep. I sound old because I'm sure there's <laughs> newer terminology now other than texting. And we'll come up with those newer <laughs> terminologies in the next part of this series. Until next time, much, much love from both of us. Namaste kala. May we all be well, adapt, and thrive. If you found today's show helpful, please give us a rating, a review, or both. And subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode. As always, namaste kala, which in Greek means, may we all be well. This program, Copyright True Fitness Incorporated, all rights reserved.